Hey, everybody. Oh, it's a second surprise lockdown podcast. Wanted to do this last week. I was going to surprise everyone and bring on one of the nicest people, the legend herself, Pooja Lodia. What is up, Pooja? This is how you do this, right? Put people in quarantine and then they have no choice but to be on your podcast. That's it. You have you cannot <laughs> say no. You have no excuse. You don't Nowhere have to, to wash be. your hair. Nothing. Okay, that old excuse of, oh, I got to wash my hair tonight. Can't do your podcast. <laughs> you I'm totally that? kidding. I'm thrilled to be here because I've been wanting to do this with you for, I mean, we've been talking about this for actually years, right? Yeah. It's been literally years. You know, I was Super thinking Bowl. about when that. When was that? Yeah, Super Bowl. What was that, 16? Was it 16? Yeah, all the dates just flowed together. I know. Now. There is no time anymore, right? <laughs> like, yeah, That's no what more. life feels like right now. And we finally, we finally can do this. We're socially distancing. We're on opposite sides of the planet, pretty much, because I'm in Richmond. You're oh, in you the are. city. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it really is. It's opposite sides of the world. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, I was thinking about this, Pooja, as uh, we are in lockdown still, mm-hmm. and we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, what you're doing at Channel 13. And for those of you that don't know, Puccellodia is a reporter at Channel 13 and just one of my favorite people to watch. Aww. And also, you are so good at your job. And we'll talk a little bit more about nice that. Nice of you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm being honest. You truly are Aww. one of my favorite people to Aww. watch. You're so nice. And you care about what you do, which is refreshing, right? Um, well, thank you. I really do. Yeah. And- That's why both of us are here, right? Yeah, that's it. You know, like we truly care about our jobs and what we do. Uh, But I was thinking about this. So about two years ago, I think it was about two years ago, I invited you to stop by the Aga Khan Foundation banquet that they were doing. And I was emceeing that uh, event that night. Mm -hmm. And I invited a bunch of people, right? I invited uh, people that I knew and people that are cool with me. And uh, you know, nobody else showed up and rightfully so, cause they're busy and I hadn't heard from anybody in the night of the event, you roll up and I'm like, wait, hold on. What? Pooja, you're actually here because in the media, we get invited to a lot of things and we always, we're always like, yeah, we'll go. And then last minute stuff happens or you just don't want to go, but you actually showed up. And that was one of the coolest things, Pooja. Oh, that is so nice of you. I had a great time and I thought the invitation was really nice. But you will, like, you do notice that I'm not responsible enough, though, to, like, RSVP. No. So I don't get all the credit. I get half credit. (laughs) It's like, if I show up, great. And it was so funny. That night, um, we were hanging out. We're, you know, we're having a good time. And then at the end, you said, hey, you know, we we should really hang out. Like, bring your wife, bring your daughter, and let's hang out one day. And of course, work happens, life happens, weekend stuff happens, and we never did that. And I was thinking about no. being in lockdown. Those moments, I'm never going to say, like, I'm not, I'm not going to make an excuse anymore. Like, we're hanging <laughs> out. It's funny. I was actually thinking about this today because I have to say it's probably my worst quality. I'm that person. I'm that plague. Mm-hmm. You know, like, all my friends yell at me about it. I know this about myself. I'm just terrible because I am that person who – like have, has every intention of calling you. It's not, you know, I don't say I want to call you when I don't want to call you. Mm-hmm. It's just that I forget or I get distracted or something comes up and I am changing that. Like no longer will yeah. I be that person ever again. I'm, I'm going, I'm showing up. I'm living life, yeah. man. 
I mean, for real. Yeah. Like, I don't care how far the drive is or exactly. what time. We're meeting up now, and I'm going to meet up with so many friends. Now right. that you can't do it, that is one of the good things to come from this. You know, it, it, there's so much tragedy that's, that's attached to mm-hmm. the COVID-19 spread and the pandemic. But one of the good things is you, you count your blessings, and then you start thinking about life after, whenever that is, whenever this passes, and how you're going to live life. And I, like, I think across the board, that's all of us. We're going to yes. spend more time with people we like or love. Exactly. And I also, like, I feel like I'm realizing that I'm more social than I thought. Because I've always been one of those people also who's been like, I would love like a couple of weeks where I could just chill and not do anything. No, I do not love that. Like that is what I think I want, but it is actually not what I want. I want to hang out with people. Yeah, absolutely. So you, okay. So here's, are you like me where you're different because you're obviously a reporter, you're at channel 13 and you are running around town doing stories and you've got different newscasts you've got to be on and now you work just weekdays which is awesome um which is like i don't know how you how you pull that off Pooja. but we have to make sure nobody's listening because hopefully nobody's noticed yet that's the only way and it will happen there's no other way when when they announced the 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 new newscast and all that i reached out to i was like wait are you still working weekends or what you're like no weekdays on like damn that is the holy grail of 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 news right just no weekends yes Um, i try not to take it for granted because you know how it is like starting tomorrow i could be working you know 1 a.m every day right (laughs) like so so you take it how it comes so are you like me where at the end of the day and again you your your job is way more intensive you are out there your people are constantly approaching you you are approaching people at the end of the day, are you just wiped and you don't want to talk to anybody? It kind of goes both ways, but absolutely. I am one of those people who I come home and I sort of want to stare at the wall for a good 10 minutes. <laughs> you know what I like? And I'm not yeah. exaggerating. Like people will be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, I'm actually staring at the wall. <laughs> like That is not <laughs> some sort of joke or anything. That is actually physically what I'm doing. Um, but yes, I think so. And I realize now, so... So, okay, so we're still working. I'm still going out on stories right now. Um, we're taking lots of precautions. You know, we're wearing masks. We now use like microphone extenders and things like that. We're doing a lot of, you know, FaceTime interviews and stuff like Zoom interviews because we're not, you know, going into a lot of people's homes or, you know, we're, we're just trying to be smart about it while still continuing to go out. But I do realize that even this, like I miss just that day-to-day meeting our viewers and like meeting normal people, just meeting people because, you know, like we're driving down 59 or something. There's like nobody around us, you know, it's just all so quiet and kind of eerie. Yeah, it it really, it's, it's the hardest adjustment. I think not seeing new people, not seeing somebody that's out of your circle, right? Like outside for me, it's my family, my wife, my daughter, and my neighbors, and that's it. And you don't see any new people. And then when you go to HEB, when you go restock on groceries, you've got a mask on. So nobody recognizes anybody. It, everyone and everybody looks feels uncomfortable anyway. So it's not like you're going to talk to people. Yeah. Is it like no one, it, it really, there, it's the it's the strangest thing that we are a social being, right? But now yeah. everyone is so afraid to even smile at each other. It's so scary. 
I know it really is. But I, I mean, and the strange part is, of course, is it's like all of these people with their masks, not saying anything. And all of us are feeling the same way. Like mm-hmm. everybody wants to talk to each other, yeah. right? Like nobody is happy with any of this, but we're all just kind of like not saying yet. So for you, what's been the best part? Because I want to, I want to, I want to spend some time on the positives before yes, we yes, get yes. to the negative and all that. Uh, it's been a month now, roughly a month of the stay at home. Actually, the shelter in place was just about three weeks ago, right? But it looks like most businesses started closing down and everyone started yeah. taking the measures about uh, March 11th. Um, so Is about that when a month. When the rodeo in shut now. down, to me, that's yeah. when like everything happened. I think that I think that was it because it was that Tuesday night where Rudy Gobert tested positive and then everything, oh, everyone just shut God. down and they're like, we're good. Uh, what's been the best part for you, you know, of all the negative and all the tragedy attached to this, what's some of the positive for you? I think it's got to be that gratitude. Like I said, like I have never felt so much gratitude <laughs> toward my friends and family mm-hmm. and like just basic being able to live life. I mean, it's like I found myself the other day fantasizing about like, sitting in a coffee shop and drinking a latte. Like that is not an exciting thing to do. But like, I mean, it just sounds like, wouldn't that be the greatest thing to do right now? Yeah. Like, I mean, I really do think people are going to come out of this with a sense of gratitude. And I will also say that in all of the places we've been covering stories and talking to people and, you know, just seeing people, even if we haven't talked to them, I haven't seen a lot of like angry people. And maybe that'll change once... You know, because I get that this is difficult mentally, physically, everything, emotionally. It's really hard for a lot of people. But, like, I I have not seen anybody, like, being mean to other people, being, you know, like, even anywhere. Like, I've only seen happiness, which is something, you know, we saw a lot of that during Harvey also. Right? Just that kind of, that sense of, like, I didn't see a lot of people during Harvey yelling at each other, even though it was such a stressful thing for everybody. Yeah. And I feel that like was that, the, I mean, that was you know, Harvey. Yeah, that Harvey was a huge wake up call for a lot of us here in the city, obviously. And now it's that same energy, like you mentioned, across the nation. And, and you really do get a sense of people that truly understand how grave this could be and how big of a situation this is. There is that gratitude. I think you're you're spot on that. I'm lucky that I'm still alive. Number one, I'm lucky I don't have it. And I'm lucky I still have a job. Like as you work through these lists that, you know, like you almost feel guilty that like, hey man, there's people struggling out there. That's what I did in in Harvey. I felt guilty because nothing happened to our house. And I was like, man, I feel bad. Like I just need to give back because I'm so lucky right now. Right, right. Um, You know what I miss? You know what I miss the most? Hey, can you hear me? Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I got Sorry, you. you were kind of, okay. You know what I miss the most? Like you yeah. were talking about just that latte at a yeah. at a coffee shop. I miss hot food. <laughs> like, yes. I hate, yes. I hate picking up food and by the time you come home, you've got to microwave it. I hate that I so much. <laughs> so have you been doing a lot of takeout? Have you been going to restaurants? I've been trying. I, I go on the weekends because my wife is just like me where almost yeah. every day we're working out, we're eating healthy and- you know, and that's just how we are. And that's how we did it before this. We'll, we're going to continue doing it. We always, yeah. you know, make food for the week. We eat healthy. But then on the weekends, we do 
uh, we do go eat out. But yeah, you know, like usually I'll go five days without eating out. But now it's like every three days. Because <laughs> it makes you feel good too, right? And it's nice to support yeah. local businesses. Yeah, that's the big thing. You got to support the, the restaurants here and you just make sure, you know, that the neighborhood joints stay open that you don't want them like it's not their fault this wasn't this wasn't something that they planned for and nobody can help them except for us yeah. and maybe the government right like we'll see what happens with that but yeah but but i do miss like just sitting down and getting hot food <laughs> i of hate course. microwave i of hate course. microwave food so, so what's much. the last get let's give these restaurants a shout out what's the last like really good takeout you've had okay so the last really great, and I'm, I think I'm going to go there tomorrow because it's one of my favorite places. And I actually have to go to the station tomorrow. Okay. But Aga's Restaurant, have you been there? Oh, yes. It's one yes. of my favorites. And it's I can't. Real, I've actually, I've like, only been once a long time ago, ooh. but it's delicious. Okay. You got to order family. some. Yeah. You got to pick some up. Um, I actually saw it, and I'm going to talk about this in a, in a second. I actually saw Ray there, Rayhan, on uh, oh, really? one of the days. Yeah. And I was like, "Hey, what's up? Like, oh, you eat here too? Cool. Of course, everyone eats there. It's like one of the of one of the most popular places in Houston yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've gone to them a few times. I'm I'm gonna go again because I'm. What just do you crazy. always get there? Okay, so I used to always get their their butter chicken, which is a staple in a South mm -hmm. Asian family, right? But right. I recently tried their paneer mukni. And it's one of the best dishes I've ever had, Pooja. I love paneer. Really? Okay, that's what I'm yeah. going to get next time I go there. It is outstanding. And then, of course, their naan is so good. So yeah. uh, you got you to gotta hit them up. But uh, I had, you know, of course, I had, I've had i had them a few times. There's a pizza place right down the street from us, Casaruzo's, which is really good. Um, and then just any, like, I'll just go to any restaurant that I can, even if it's something small, like picking up food for my yeah. daughter. You know, yeah. so it's just there's so many good places around, and and that's one been that's one been been one of the yeah. good things is going to these places finally and not making an excuse about it. What about you? Same. I mean, it, it like every time you go in there, don't you feel good? Not only about mm -hmm. the fact that you're going and you're getting awesome food, but because everybody's grateful too to see you. Um, let's see. I've been going a lot. I feel like I give this place shout outs all the time, but I love Common Bond. It's walking distance from where I live, oh. like. I go there all the time just for like coffee and croissants and delicious, amazing things. Um, do you ever go to Brothers Taco? No, I've never been there. Where is it? Really? That's my absolute favorite place in the world. It's an Edo. Okay. It's like, you know where that Sparkle Burger place was? Yeah, yeah, I do remember so it's that. It's like right in there. Okay. Good. You got to go. And they okay. open really, really early in the morning. So I like that. Okay. I'm putting um, it on my list just a tiny little place but yeah i mean i really i the other thing about all these restaurants and just all these businesses that i feel like i'm paying such close attention to how they handle this right like everybody who you feel is like trying to keep employees and like trying their hardest to make it work you want to support them Absolutely. and then the businesses yeah. who aren't i feel like i'm like i'm watching all of them, you know? <laughs> you made the list yes <laughs> It really is true. I feel like I want to try to like make buying decisions based on how they handle this. Yeah, you should though. You, you absolutely should. Like I, I'm. I, I talked about this on the on the show on on the radio show. 
the businesses that are doing everything that they can and it, it, like it sucks, you know, and you don't want to lay off people. I and I'll be honest with you, my my dad owns a small business. My mm-hmm. uncles, they all own small businesses oh, and they had to lay off everyone because mm-hmm. they just there's just no money coming in, right? I mean, but if you um, don't have a choice, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, but they're taking steps of making sure their employees are okay. How can they help mm-hmm. out, right? But the businesses that are staying afloat and are still paying their employees, I applaud them, man. And they deserve our business because they truly are showing it's not about the money for them. It's about that love for that business and making right. sure that the employee always stays happy. Um, and, you know, even with the the big companies out there, you know, like Tillman's number one, right? Like Tillman's mm-hmm. getting hit the hardest. and it's so i used to work for tillman i worked uh, oh, on a I social didn't know media. That. yeah so before i i got I to ESPN, you've got some great stories oh puja <laughs> there's so wild <laughs> times man um he's you know he you don't deal with him that much he he lets his people work which is awesome like there's a, our marketing uh director chris she was fantastic she mm-hmm. would let me do whatever, right? And like every once in a while, you would run to Tillman, but and he would leave you alone. He would just ask you what you do there. He might ask you a question. You better know the answer, or you're going to be in trouble. Um, but even then, like I still have a lot of good friends on the marketing team, mm-hmm. and you know, people criticize Tillman because he furloughed forty thousand people, right. and then he had the statement about I furloughed them early so they could get in front of the unemployment line. And you're like, dude, That's not come a, on, man. right? Like, come on, right. man. <laughs> Like, you don't need to say that. We get what you're doing. But you don't need to say that. Um, but, like, I want to go support big businesses, too. I, I feel bad Absolutely. because, like, they got laid off as well, you know? So it, yeah. it's a weird dynamic where you want to support small businesses. But as well, you got to support these big businesses that have people like us working there. Right, right. As Speaking as people who work for large businesses. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But that's, I think, what makes this whole sort of this crisis so... I mean, it it makes it so relatable to everybody, right? Because there isn't anybody who's not touched by it. So many things I think happen that are a really big deal, but you're not impacted much. You know, you talk about like, I'm trying to think like, what are like Hurricane Katrina or something? If you live in New York, you maybe don't care. Or like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like just all of these crises really, this is the first one that impacts everybody in the same way across the board. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter you, what you have or where you live. I'll give you the perfect example. Perfect example for something that we all went through with Hurricane Harvey. I remember the day after Hurricane Harvey, finally the rain stopped, um, everything cleared up, and then you just start getting, you start finding out even more devastation, right? Right. And we're all running around. You're you're out there covering these uh, stories. Uh, I'm trying to help out as much as I can around my community. Sure. And you didn't have time for anything else, right? And it was funny. I opened up Twitter, and one of my friends in New York, they're having this big debate about Melania Trump not wearing boots, or she was no, she was wearing high heels instead of rain oh, boots. Oh, I remember when they that. Remember that? And you're yes. like, dude, world here, people are. I know. Like they're losing everything. They've lost everything. Everyone's trying to clean their houses out, and you guys are worried about heels like it was the strangest thing like sometimes it's hard to relate to something until it's in front of you really you know what i mean and like this is one of those things that i feel like even all of those people who have been trying maybe not to accept the reality of it they're still impacted because everything's shut down Mm -hmm. for you you have a you have this responsibility of 
bring in positive news in a time where, you know, everyone wants to be negative or seems like people are just so down. How's it been like covering this event for you professionally? I mean, awesome. Just not in terms of obviously I wish nobody ever had to cover this, but it's awesome to be able to bring a little bit of positivity. It's awesome to be able to show people what's going on. Right. Like, I mean, this is the reason why we became reporters. It's why we went into journalism for these big, big events where people actually need to know what's going on. So I think on one level, just as a journalist working at a news station, it's pretty cool just to have that responsibility. And I also think that those positive stories are part of that responsibility because it is the full picture. Like these positive things are actually happening all around us. Businesses are doing great things. People are doing great things. I mean, gosh, just like normal people. I got a phone call from somebody like Sunday morning. This woman called me who I I think I had done a story with years ago and I barely remembered. And she was like, oh, hey, if you're free later on today, I'm going to dress up like the Easter bunny so that all the kids can come by and I'll give them eggs. And I was like, are you kidding me? You're going to dress up like the Easter? Like, what? What? (laughs) Like, I mean, she's a hero to me, right? Like, how cool is that? And how much did she make all the people around her smile? I think that that type of thing really is important. And it's, I mean, it's newsworthy. It really is. How did it compare right now versus after Hurricane Harvey for you in terms of the the professional side of things? I think professional side, Harvey was so different because it was so visual. Like our jobs were to really just show people what was going on visually around them. Like, hey, here's how bad the damage is. Here's what's dangerous. Here's what isn't. Coronavirus is difficult in a lot of ways because it's not, you can't see it. So for TV, it's sometimes hard to kind of capture exactly what's going on. And it's also like, you know, due to some of our limitations, we can't, you know, we can't be in the hospital room with people. We just can't um, right now due to safety. So I would say it's difficult to sort of actually get these ideas and actually get the point you're trying to make across. But I think it's just as important. And I think, you know, we do our best, right? Yeah. That's a great, I didn't even think about that. Just there's, what do you show? That's the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. There's only so much stock footage of hospitals you can use, right? Before that, it gets I mean, you don't want to show that if that's not the reality of what's happening around people. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we're doing a whole lot of like FaceTime videos, kind of letting people show us what's going on around them. We're like, suddenly they're all professional photographers, you know, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's something, but yes, it is. It's a difficult thing. All right, let's stay with the positives. What's the best thing you've watched in the last month while we've been sheltering in place? Oh gosh, I'm the, I'm like the worst person to ask about this. I'm I like never watched television. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Okay, give me yours. Okay, mine was Tiger King. Okay, I, I'm I gonna... did watch it. Yeah. The last, I think, like the last two episodes, I sort of lost interest, but I loved the first few. I couldn't believe the first two episodes. I I thought there's no way this is real. Oh, it's like real. It, it's a mockumentary, right? Like it felt so unreal. I know. Like it, it's brilliant. It, it's the best storytelling I've seen in a long time. I agree, a hundred percent. I mean, and the characters were just—I think they were genuine. 
Yeah, they were all, and we can curse on this podcast because it's the only way I can describe them, Pooja. So, okay. <laughs> now I'm waiting all... to see what you're going to say. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the only show where every single person, except for two people, they're all shitholes. That's the yeah. only, they're yeah. all shitholes. <laughs> you're like, what the hell is this? They're yes. all such bad people. And you go, oh my gosh, I can't root for any of them. But then you end up rooting for the worst person. You go, no, I don't want to root for Joe Exotic. What am I doing? Is that who you were rooting for? I was rooting for him. I was rooting for Joe yeah. Exotic. <laughs> I know. Just because you want to see what he's going to do next, right? Exa- yeah, he's so wild. You're like, this is the worst. He's the worst person. Okay. But is he but- the worst one on that show? Ooh. probably not right? no no there's there's levels to the to the to the scumbagness on that show <laughs> it's so bad but yeah tiger king is good i started i i finally started and finished uh this show called for all mankind on yeah. apple tv uh-huh. and uh, a local guy eric Layden. he lives in la now but he's a, a houston guy he's on the show he's one of the the co-leads for a few episodes but the premise of the show is so interesting. It's what if America lost the race to the moon? What if we weren't first and Russia got there first? And then yeah. it just goes down this rabbit hole of what would have happened at NASA. And they have local stuff, you know, the outpost, uh, the outpost bars in it. They mentioned Houston related stuff. So it's kind of cool. But uh, I finished that show. That was that was really good. I enjoyed that one. OK, so, I'm going to watch yeah. that one then. Then I yeah. need a recommendation. Good. I've been um, like, it's funny because I really don't watch TV. I have like three channels on my TV. <laughs> I don't have like Netflix. I don't have anything. But over the past few weeks, I've been like harassing every relative of mine to give me all their passwords. <laughs> They're like, except, you haven't called me in months. Except, like, Pooja, you do. Text it over, okay? You do have Disney Plus available right now for subscription oh. disney plus i got you Pooja. don't worry. i am so I thankful for you i mean i don't know what i would do without you let's see what are the things i've admitted already i don't watch tv like gosh. there's no way i have a job after this no it, disney plus isn't tv it's a way of life Pooja. i got you don't okay. worry i got you covered well, i do that with david your daughter is how old she is five so does that mean you know every disney movie I know every single princess. I know all the songs. I'm not even joking. I know the entire Moana soundtrack. Like you play the first song, I can sing along with every single song because it's, it's legit. I mean, it's a good pretty soundtrack. good, right? Like they're all really good. Yeah, they're good movies. They're not bad. They're you know like the older the older Disney princess stuff. You go, mm-hmm. uh, this is kind of cringeworthy, but the new stuff is, is great. It's yeah, awesome. no, all of it. It's just it, it really is good. My little nephew is four, and I'm just obsessed with him. So yeah, so now I'm rewatching everything with him. Man, have you have you given The Mandalorian a try on Disney Plus? I have not. See, you're like okay. you keep showing people how uncool I am. No, that that's if you're not a Star Wars fan, you wouldn't get like you wouldn't care about it. You know? So yeah, I don't care at all. Yeah. So you're. So what do you watch? Are you just watching Channel Thirteen if it's I, on? Or yeah, I'm not a big like you know. I'll watch the news. I watch. I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. I like that. Um, I read a lot. I think working in television makes me watch less TV, and I'm sure really? it's like that for most people. Is it not That's like that all, yeah. for you? No, I so radio is different though because it's more it's more passive, right? Like I can put it on in my car. Yeah, yeah. I can, it's just on in the background. But 
I, I love radio. Like that's one of the reasons I got into radio was when I was growing up, I that's all I did. I would listen to the radio, I would listen to music. I would um I I don't know if you had any Daisy radio shows in Baton Rouge, but no. over here, you know, like I don't think you did, obviously. <laughs> But, I can only imagine what that would have been like. It would have like had to have been like me and my parents. That's yeah. who the host and the listeners would have been. So over here, there's like five of them when I was growing up. Right, and right. To, I'm, th- I'm going to be turning 35 here. So when I was growing up, there's a bunch of these AM stations. And I would prank call these Daisy radio oh, stations. <laughs> like that's how much I loved radio because I wanted to be on radio so much. I would prank them just to get on. So what and, was the prank? Like what? who did you ask oh. for? <laughs> so I would call in. They would always do these. Uh, they, would, like the, they would do an unscreened segment. And what that means, they don't screen the calls. They would what? just put anybody on. Yeah. <laughs> this okay, is Daisy radio. the worst idea I've ever heard in my I entire know. life. So like they would do okay so on one weekend hey they would do like a birthday shout out right so you uh-huh. could just call in and give a birthday shout out to anybody or father's day weekend or whatever and i would always call in and look i was 8 all right pooja so don't judge me i would oh, always please. call in and they'd be like what's your name i would always make up a fake name and then i would just go i think my dad just farted and that was what? it <laughs> and i would hang up and yet they took your call again and again and again yeah well they didn't know it was unscreened they would literally the phones would be ringing and when they would pick up you're on radio how are you the only person who was doing that though you would think every one of them would be right (laughs) yeah that's actually amazing yeah it was like so dumb uh, and then I upgraded. I like I eventually I, wa- I wanted to get better at it, so I was like, I'm gonna prank call 104, 97.9, and I would mm-hmm. always just recommend like really bad songs because I was stupid. <laughs> but it was, I love yeah. I, I still listen to radio. I listen to podcasts like you. I love podcasts. Me too. Uh, I like radio too. I have so so much respect for you and other radio people because it is hard. People don't you. realize it. It Thank is you, so Pooja. hard. It's harder than TV. It's the hardest one because you no have chance. to actually make people pay attention, right? No chance. TV is way harder. No way. Way harder. Think, because TV max, you're talking for what? 20 minutes? Like the absolute max. Yeah. And you can distract people with pictures and videos. Yeah. There's but like, no look, distractions on ro- rodeo. Rodeo? Uh, radio? Rodeo. You're thinking about the rodeo still. I, I get it. It's all, it's all good. But you're doing radio right now. Even though we're doing po- a podcast, quote unquote, this is what talk radio is. It's just people talking. We're just talking about life. I I don't. But like people do this every single day. That just blows my mind. Yeah. And they keep it interesting because I'm a big like I like radio. I, You know, I've been listening to like This American Life since I was a kid. I love oh, podcasts. So I love all of it. What other podcasts do you listen to? Um, I actually just listened to a really good one on Dolly Parton. I don't know if you're okay. a fan, I'm, but respect I was like, her. yeah, she's awesome. But listening to this podcast, I'm like, I love her for like, I have a whole new respect for her. She's amazing. It's like a nine episode podcast. So if you have a lot of time to kill, oh, it's wow. very, very good. But they talk about, I mean, you know, she grew up in like a one bedroom log cabin with 12 brothers and sisters. She's just like a musical and financial genius. Man. And you would never know that because she's hilarious and adorable. That's awesome. I that's yeah. 
What's the name of it? Do you remember off the top of your head? It's called, I think, Dolly Parton Across America. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, like, did you know, this is, she wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You within like an hour of each other, same night. Get out of here. Yeah. Damn. I mean, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> Jolene. Man, that song, constant slaps. I mean, you just put it right? on and go, damn, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good. Um, I agree with you. This American Life is every. T- I hate listening to it now because when I listen to it, I go, I can't believe this is considered radio, and then what I do is considered radio. Like <laughs> right, it's, it's not the pinnacle. It's like you cannot like I I I hate saying I do radio after listening to This American Life because oh. that is they take time, they find really great stories they find stories that we didn't even know that were out there it's beautiful yeah it's perfect I, I i always recommend that to everybody like that is the perfect thing to listen to and then mm-hmm. it also supports public radio which you, yes. you can't beat that like that's the best part you know public radio is it, it's it's it, it's everything without public radio there is no other radio to me like you, mm-hmm. you take that away then what's the point why are we doing this you know so that's a good recommendation i love that um Okay, let's talk about your career real quickly, okay? Because uh, this is one of the coolest things in the media where we've got, you know, there's diversity has always been an issue, right? In Mm -hmm. in the media, especially the forward facing reporters and anchors and talk show hosts and all that. But we're in a city right now that is, of course, it's Houston, right? It's one of the most diverse cities. But mm-hmm. we can say it's one of the most diverse cities and not be represented in the media, yet you, you're working in a field that has – you're in it, which is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the news so director. Many of us. Yeah, like the news director, Rehan, he is South Asian. Then you go to Fox 26, you've got Rashi. You've got mm-hmm. uh, Reka at Channel 11. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable how much representation there is. And oh, sorry, with the Houston Texans, DP, who covers yeah. the team, she's a she's she's one of the figures on the website. She's doing mm-hmm. the TV stuff. She's doing uh, web stuff. She's also um, another person. I've never seen a market like this, Pooja, where there's so much representation for the South Asian culture. I think it's awesome. I really do think that things are changing around the country. I think we're seeing more and more of it. And I think it's great because I really, I don't know that people really even understand why that diversity in the media is so important. I think it's so important that these stories are told. Like for too long, I think media has not shown what actual communities are doing. And I think that it's like, it's just more important every single year that goes by to be able to give a full picture and to like you know, make people understand that we're all like in this together, you know, like nobody, it's just so important to me. Do you like, you know, even uh, Toronto. So that's where my sister lives. My older sister lives there and she's always bugging me. She's like, man, there's so many people here. You know, it's not just white people as she likes to call it. And I Mm -hmm. say it's not just white people. Right. Um, It's, do you, do you have a sense of responsibility that, you are one of the reporters and you are a minority and what what you're doing is inspiring not only women of color but just anybody of color like do you have that sense of responsibility or do you do you take time to reflect on that i actually- 
actually, I think about it a lot. And I mean, you, you too. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've had all of these thoughts. It's a strange thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think it, it's really, it's hard because, you know, you grow up and you, you kind of, you go into what you want to do. And then suddenly people are like asking you if you're a role model or something. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I just did, you know, what you did. Um, but I think sometimes the more I think about it, the more I think that it is important. And I don't even know, I, I, I guess it's hard for me to describe it, but I do think that there is a sense of responsibility. I do think that it's important for younger people to see people who look like them in positions that are visible. I think that's yeah. really important because, you know, nobody ever thinks about kind of being the first, right? I think it's important that everybody has the same opportunities. Um, and I do, like, I, I definitely try to do stories that touch on the Indian community and on our other diverse communities, because I think that perspective is important. I think, you know, our newscast only grows with more perspectives and more people represented. But I, you know, I never know how to how to respond to the role model thing. What do you think about that? Oh, I like I, I'm with it's you. It's hard, I right? It's tricky. It's hard, it's hard but um, I, I and look, I, I still think there's so many there's so many great things ahead for you and hopefully for me and i and i think this is just going to be one of those moments where we go okay it's awesome being in this position but can we be bigger and like that's my whole goal i just want to be bigger so more people that you know younger guys see me or younger women and it's it's a responsibility absolutely and i know i i take the time where anytime anybody reaches out to me it doesn't matter anybody young that wants to get involved in Mm -hmm. radio I'm always like, give me a call. I don't care. Just let's talk about it. But especially when it's somebody of color. And then if, yeah. if it's somebody, uh, an Indian or Pakistani, man, it's mind blowing because, and then they'll say like, Hey, you're doing it. Why can't I? And I go, exactly. Which is I'm so a- cool to hear. Yeah. right? Because I mean, who- that's amazing. Yeah. That's the best part. And it's awesome doing, we get to do some cool stuff and all that. But one of the best things, if not the best thing is, you know, 10 years from now, there's going to be somebody even bigger. And right. hopefully they go, oh, yeah, I remember watching this guy or watching that woman report, whatever it is. And you go, cool. Right. That's the whole point, right? right? To inspire the next generation. Like for you, I can't even imagine you grew up. So for people, uh, for, for those of you that don't know, Pooja grew up in Baton Rouge in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you went to Emory uh, for college. Who did you watch growing up? Like there's, there's no way it was somebody of color, right? No. I mean, to be honest, I didn't even, I didn't like grow up in a news family. We didn't like watch the local news every night at all. (laughs) Never. No. Um, But no, I definitely think that there was a sense, you know, when I first kind of decided that this is what I want to do, I think there was a sense in my mind of like, oh, okay, well, I don't really know anybody else who looks like me who does this. Mm -hmm. Not that you feel like it's not, a, you know, like we obviously face, you know, far fewer obstacles than people, you know, 20 years before us. Right. Um, but I think that I think you definitely do feel that sense of not really knowing anywhere to look for just for like to see somebody else who has done it. Um and I'm sorry, I think I'm rambling now, but no, I, that, like I said, I think it's, point. I think it's really a, like a tricky situation. Yeah. I can never figure out exactly how I feel about it, but I am super proud to be able to inspire anybody. I mean, that's yeah, awesome. Like, I mean, when we were coming up, it's, it was just like, I, for me, at least it was, 
I didn't know any better. So I'm like, I, nobody ever said, hey, you're, you can't do sports radio because you're, uh, you were born in Pakistan. No, that never even crossed my mind. Right, right? Like, right, right. Like it was just, no, that, like, I'm just going to do it because I, I want to do it and I'm going to figure this out somehow, some way. Uh, and it's so funny, like the obstacles 20 years ago, it, I can't even imagine. You're right. But now it seems like for the next generation, the obstacle is going to be, hey, you might get this position just because you are somebody of color. And it's like, that's a weird thing. You go, wait, I know. are you hiring me because I'm really good at this or because I'm just meeting a quota? That's going to be strange for them. It's all strange. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think it's strange anytime you're judged in ways that are not part of your work. But I think in what we do, because it is so visible, you, I mean, you, it, you can't have it that simple way. You know, like we're not accountants. Mm-hmm. We're not like what we do is actually, it has to be representative of our communities. Yeah, absolutely. In order to when, matter. When did you know that you were going to, you were going to be okay in this industry because props to you. The news industry is a savage beast. Oh and... my gosh! Everybody has some mm. awful, crazy story, right? Of their birth, their beginnings in this industry. Yeah. How? Did, when did you know you were going to be fine? Okay. First, I should tell you this. I should tell you why I decided to go into television in the first place. So this is funny. It actually, the whole thing was a totally random thing. I always knew I wanted to do something. I thought maybe I'd be an English professor. You know, I, um, I was like an English literature major. I like, I like reading. I like writing. I like talking. Those are, you know, it's kind of all in the same vein. And when I was a freshman in college, I was in Atlanta and my parents very rightfully so refused to buy me a car <laughs> because I should not have had a car. I was a terrible driver and wouldn't have been able to get anywhere. But anyway, so I applied for a million internships and um, the one that I had to take was the one that I could walk or ride my bike to from my apartment. And it happened to be a TV station. Wow. And that is the whole reason I work in television. I am telling you, I walked into a newsroom first day of my internship and I was like, this is what I want to do. I love this. I love what, yes. Like I truly felt that feeling that people talk about in movies. I was like, yeah, this is it. And I was a person (laughs) who would never, you know, I wasn't a kid who like had really strong ideas of what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um, But I knew it as soon as I felt it. That is so cool. Yeah. um, I didn't know that. I thought thought you've always wanted to do this. Like most of us. No, not at all. I mean, I have sort of since I started working in it, but definitely not before. And um, and so I graduated college. I graduated a little bit early, and I really did not have anything. I mean, just like all of us, right? We yeah. graduate college, and we're like, why can't we find a job? Well, why would anybody hire you? Right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I had like no experience, no anything, but I really, I decided this is what I wanted to do, and I. Um, I sent out 75 applications. Damn. Yeah. For, I worked at like this really strange place. Um, it was like this kind of like strange cable access type thing. Um, sort of while I was applying for other like television jobs. And I finally got my first job, which was in, um, Iron Mountain, Michigan which is kind of, it's like the upper peninsula, that upper part. 
Oh, nice. So it's warm all year round. Oh, yes. Yes. Beautiful weather, California weather. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had never seen snow before. It was insane. It was, but it was the best two years of my entire life. Like, That's I so knew cool. from day one, even it, even though it was really hard, I was like, no, I like, this is what I need to be doing. And I what still that feel that way. I truly think that the day that I just decide I don't care anymore, I'm not going to do this. Right? Man. Like, yeah. Do we do this for the vacation time, the money? Like what, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like in this job, if you don't absolutely love it, there is no point. Yeah, that's, that's it right there. It's, you know, uh, the money. It's competitive. It's too much work. Like, yeah. do, you know, do something fun if you don't like this. The money, the, the stress of it. And for you, again, for, it's so different for y'all. You, you guys are constantly working on stories. You've got a new story every day. You've got the pressures of a, of a newsroom, the news director, all that stuff going on. And then you go, oh, at least the money's great. And you're like, wait, right. out of college, the money was horrible. Oh, my gosh. So my first job and I like, who knows, maybe I do. I have like, I don't know how contracts work, but who cares? My first job, I lived in Section 8 housing. That's how we all did. No way. All of us who worked at the station. Yes, we made $17,000. Oh, man. So all of you who are listening, we want to inspire you, but <laughs> this is the reality. That's my first job. I couldn't afford to live anywhere, of course. So I was living in section parent housing. I, right. Oh, that's the best kind of housing. Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. Right. <laughs> great. I'm back home. <laughs> this is great. That's what you dreamed of, right? I know. And yeah. some people would be like, oh, man, I saw you you know, talking to Kobe Bryant, and you were covering this story, and we saw your latest thing, and we you're on the radio. And I'm like, and yeah, I got to get home. My dad's calling me. <laughs> I totally get it. Trust me. Man, it's so wild. Um, it, it's so you need right out the gate then, even, you know, with those long hours, no money. Yeah. You just knew like, hey, I, I'm I'm cut out for this. I just knew I loved it. And I still do. I still have that feeling. And I've been doing this for a while. Man. Um, what, yeah. How long, how long before you got to Houston? Okay, so I worked. So I worked in Michigan for two years. I worked in Florida for three years in Fort Myers, um, or for no, actually, probably three and a half years. And then I came here at the end of 2012. Okay, that's. I've been here for a long time, but I really do like it. I would not have guessed that I would have stayed here that long, but you know, it's a great Man. station. It's a great city. That's that's all. That's good to hear. I. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, some of my best friends are still, you know, they're still doing the news thing. And I'm like, man, how do y'all do it? <laughs> and and I've had long calls with all of them about how, you know, they want to quit or I think I'm going to go into public information officer role or this or that. And I'm just like, no, stick it out. You know why you want to do this. And right. it, it's it's tough, man. So props to you for for getting through this guy. So I was lucky. I got a, I got my job. Uh, my first job out of college here in Houston at a startup with, Amazing, uh, with John Granado. And um, ah. I, and like I interned, I interned, I I never took a spring break. I never did a summer. Of course not. Why would you want to do I, that? Nope. You were, I was interning because I knew right away. I was like, man, I looked around and I said, I have to stand out. There's no way I'm going to get a job. There's no way. Yeah. Cause I wasn't the best at this. I was like, what, what am I going to do? That's going to look different. And I said, I'm going to be the hardest worker. Right. And you of see course. that on your resume. And I was lucky I got a job out of college here. And then 
like many many people that work in the media i got burnt out i was i was like i'm done i'm not making any money I i'm get not it. yeah dancing so i left radio and then i started doing social media work uh and then i got lucky i got i got a role at espn that you know everything just lined up perfectly mm-hmm. so i came back oh, in it's but... not just luck it's also skill talent thank you thank i you know what i'm gonna let you say that but i know it was luck <laughs> Take it, just take it. Yeah, it's so much luck. There is so much, there is skill, and you've got to be good and all that. But there's so much luck. Oh, there's so much luck involved in this, you know. Like it's it's just nuts, right? I agree. Um, but I, which I, is something I, that I, like I feel like I always tell so people much. who are starting out. Yeah, you got to be like you got to be good. You got to do all that, and then you just hope that somebody recognizes all that and then luckily you move on in the process and hopefully you get that gig right it's true it's no i was talking to a student the other day this high schooler um he's he was interning with us and he said okay so i i want to do this but like what can i expect and i pretty much told him what we just talked about like Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to work your ass off you're you're not going to get a leg up because your parents know people or anything like that. You're not going right. to make any money. Nobody's going to pay you money because mm-hmm. as soon as you say, "Hey, I want twenty five thousand dollars," they're going to say, "No." There's a kid willing to do it for twenty thousand, <laughs> right. like because right. everyone wants to do this. Um, wow. And that was a big heat check for this kid. And he's like, "Oh wait, there's," and I was like, "You're not going to make money for a long time." Or do not ever. This, yeah, right. do not in this for money. Yeah, there's no, you're right, forever, actually. That's a great point. <laughs> That's a great point. Um, okay, it, we're about to hit the 50-minute uh, mark here. I'm going to keep it at about an hour. I know you've got to get going, so I'm going to rapid fire some questions, okay? Okay, let's do it. All right. You've already hinted at this, so I'm still going to ask you for official recommendations. One thing that you recommend people listen to. Ooh, oh, um, like music or podcast? Music. Let's go or... music. Let's go music. Music, music, music. Um, you know, honestly, I know this. Uh, I was just listening to like the Beatles yesterday hey. or the day before, just because I feel like now is the time to listen to something comfortable. Yeah. Right? That's a great choice. Just something I, positive and comfortable. I put that on for my daughter. We just got the oh. Beatle Beatles number one collection vinyl and that's ah. her music her music class is listening to the beatles oh how cute but they yeah, say babies right. love the beatles because it's all they so simple them. it's so she loves yellow submarine because it's so it's such a funny song that yes. kids love it right but yes. it's also like musically a really good song so that's a great recommendation right there okay you're an english major yes. one thing somebody should read during the rest of the shelter in place order Ooh. Um, okay. So I, I just finished a book. My dad and I, my dad's also a reader. We all, we like have like a little book club. It's super nerdy and my favorite thing in the world. That's awesome. Yes. It's amazing. Um, but we both just read where the crawdads sing. And I know a lot of people are talking about it. It's like the new uh, cool book, but it is amazing. And if you haven't read it, you should read it. What is it about? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's um it's it's sort of a nature book that's also a murder mystery. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Where the crawdads sing. Yes. This sounds like a true detective kind of book. Yes, actually. Except and it takes place in like the kind of backwoods of North Carolina, so it's very like swampy and that kind of true detective feel. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. all right. 
Uh, so you got your music, the TV side. You said you don't watch much TV, so I'm not going to put you on the spot on that okay. one. Okay, I got you. I'm going to take care of you on that one. Thank you very much. Okay, this one you can be a little negative, all right? It's a rapid oh. fire. Oh, good. What's the most annoying thing about being in this current situation? Oh, I could really use a haircut. <laughs> Gosh, yep. I mean, it's funny. Like when you can't cut your hair, you suddenly need one that much more, right? Yeah. You oh got it. gosh, I just want to be able to come home from work and then leave my house again. Yeah. I just I can't stand the fact that I that there's nowhere to go. It's simple. Yeah, it is really basic. So what's the most annoying thing? Everything, basically. Yeah. I I was so I was gonna hold out and not get a haircut, and then I was gonna let my wife cut my hair for me. Ooh. She even she was even like, look, I watched a YouTube tutorial, and I was like, ah, I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna let you cut my hair. <laughs> and growing up, my mom cut my hair because she's a she was a, she was a beautician, and she still oh, is. Okay. So she, okay. Like she always cut our hair, right? Uh, but they're a little bit older now, so I was like respecting the shelter in place and yeah. not getting six yeah. feet within them. And then finally, I just cracked. I went to their house, and I was like, "Mom, can you just put a mask on and just cut my hair, please?" <gasps> oh, that's like, so sweet of her, though. I was like, "Your boy needs a fade, all right? I just need that fade <laughs> right now." <laughs> you know what? I this may not be allowed because she may be your competition. But do you, you know Dana Steele, right? Mm-hmm. So I did a story with her today. Did you see what she did today? I, I saw you tweet about it. That was tell me she more about her this. head. Yeah, so for- I think you should do this next. She shaved her head and people could donate to the Houston Food Bank. And she actually, so she texted me a little while ago and she's raised almost $5,000 in donations. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Dana is awesome. She's, she she's, is one awesome. Of the, she's one of the OGs of the Houston yeah, video scene. So. Totally. Man, props to her. Yeah. Pooja, I don't so know. Once yours grows out a little bit, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Your boy's too shallow for that. Pooja, you notice right. I'm not putting myself in the mix. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll put that on the, the list of potential things I can do this lockout. <laughs> Hey, uh, last thing, because I, I forgot to ask you this. What was it like growing up in Louisiana? Oh, fantastic. I'm the biggest fan of Louisiana in the whole world, especially South Louisiana. I grew up like right in the middle of LSU. I had the best childhood. It was amazing. And Louisiana is uh, just the best. Are your parents still there? They're not. So they live actually outside of Austin now. Oh, okay, good. Good. So they're because yeah, Louisiana is getting hit pretty hard right now with I everything. Yeah, I, I just thinking about them i love i love louisiana so just uh just hope everything everything's okay over there all right Pooja, thank you so much thank you so much did i forget anything do you want to mention anything because i know i don't want ray to get mad be like hey Pooja, you forgot to mention this absolute best boss (laughs) thank you really so much and i i mean i really appreciate it and we're all gonna go and get awesome indian food soon all right, let's do it, Pooja. Thank you so much for taking time out. Everyone, follow Pooja. The links are in the bio in the bio of this podcast and also in the title. Support her. She really is one of the nicest people. And Pooja, I was waiting to say this until the end. My oh, no, daughter, my daughter loves you. Okay. Oh. And like you don't understand. She's like, there's Miss Pooja. And Miss you don't understand the like we were talking about where she goes, Oh, look, she looks like me. Like that is a true thing. Oh my God. You know, I have goosebumps right now. That is the sweetest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Tell her so hello. When, 
I will. And then when we meet up, eventually, when all this is done, you can say hi to her and freak her out because she still I gets freaked out. She's like, terrify her. Yes. She's like, wait, you're on TV. What are you doing in real life? I thought you live in there. <laughs> I need actual tears to be happy. Yeah. All right, Pooja, thank you so much. And then thank let's do you. this again, okay? Great. Talk to you soon. All right. See you later.